Game begin. Hello and welcome to Dadgum Nerds, your podcast for family first fanboy fun. I am your host, Andrew. And I'm Trip. And this is episode 65, where we have another guest for you guys, independent filmmaker, editing extraordinaire, and collector of all the Star Wars memorabilia, Bubba Willis. Welcome to Dadgum Nerds. Man, I'm excited to be here with you guys. I feel excited. like I'm at home. Yeah, well, we're excited <laughs> to have you, dude. So uh, Bubba well, is a friend of mine, and just just real quick, from time to time, I have referred to him as Bubba Fett, because he is a, I'm giving it away, but he is a big Star Wars fan. And what? it just fit, Bubba Fett. That is shocking. Well, before <laughs> we get going, we obviously need to get to know Bubba just a little bit more. So Bubba, I have a bunch of very important questions for you. Are you ready for some rapid fire? I'm ready. All right. Brace yourself. Strap in. So what part of the world are you in? I am in Alabama. Woo. Now. Now. Oh, man. Birmingham. Finally, another Alabama dude. Yeah, we, we don't hold it against Trip. Uh, <laughs> single married kids. Married with three kids. Yeah. All that right. Sounds and, like a TV show. And uh, do you regret <laughs> being friends with Trip? Hey! Whoa! Whoa! (laughs) When did I turn into the butt of all these jokes? There was like at the front end of everything, there was the dumpster fire line of jokes that just kept going and going. And then it felt like everything dipped a little bit. And now it's all come back with a vengeance. What happened? It just feels like such low hanging fruit. What? So, you know. So, Bubba, you got to answer the question. Speaking of low hanging fruit, Kevin, we miss you. Anyway. (laughs) absolutely not i do not that's the correct answer (laughs) all right so so bubba and i bubba and i work work together so we had a mutual just for anybody who happens to be listening wondering where that random question came bubba does actually have uh, a a working friendship with me (laughs) absolutely (laughs) all right well we do a little this or that film or digital film yeah series or films films Animation or live action? Live action. Streaming or theaters? Theaters. Mac or PC? Mac all the way. All right. Mm-hmm. I won't hold that against you, but we shall continue on with your favorite things. <laughs> favorite nerd property? Oh. Who, who is your darling? Pick your darling here. <laughs> Deep breath. Well, if I have to say darling, I would say Princess Leia. Okay. Well, that actually answers my next question, which is that your favorite really Star Wars specific. character. Yeah. Favorite Star Wars character is Princess Leia, I'm assuming. Yes. Right. Yes. Favorite director. Oh, that's tough. Oh, wow. Um, you, can, you can only pick one. There can only be one. There can only be one. I am going to have to go with Wes Anderson. Okay. Ooh. Okay. I, was, I would not have expected that. Solid pick. Uh, favorite film or series? Oh, that's really tough. I know. Pick, it's, pick your favorite kid, right? Right, right. <laughs> but Star Wars automatically. But really, my favorite film, and I, it's always had just such a moving touch in my heart. And it, I mean, I say that just because of the whole storyline, mm-hmm. and it's Beyond the Pines. I don't know if you've seen that. Really? With, uh, yeah, the the story the movie is that just, brought Ryan Gosling and Ava Ava Mendez together. That one, yes, okay. Yes. It was it was so powerful to me because it was like I tell someone 
what's your favorite Christian movie? I said, it's not really a Christian movie, but Beyond the Pines is the biggest, the, the movie that actually showed forgiveness the best I've ever seen it. Wow. If you've never mm. seen the movie, I don't want to spoil it, but he had a chance to take revenge on someone that killed his son and he chose not to do it and walked away. Wow. Uh, okay. Like I, it, it just, it was just so powerful. I don't right. know. Right, right. That, that wasn't wow. even on my radar. So that's really cool to hear. It's you know what I'm doing this weekend. Yeah. It's a really good movie. Uh, best edited film series or video. There's something that stands out to you. Cause I know, I know you do some editing. So, well, okay. If you, if you allow me to say movie, Okay. Whiplash. Yeah. Whiplash is one of my favorite Ooh, films. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. With the editing. The okay. editing was so tight and so moving and so emotional with that film. It was, yeah. it was the best. All right. Well, thank you, Bubba. Well, if you like, hey guys who are listening, if you like what you hear on this episode, we'd love it if you subscribe on YouTube or the podcast platform. Uh, it really does help us grow at this point. So if you enjoy the episode, just you know, consider that. Just put it in the back of your mind. You know, just just do it. <laughs> well, hey, before we start, anything happened to you guys in dad life this week? this one came well this one came second hand um but it's that that in a, in a way makes it even even better if you ask me so my wife had gone to a girl's a girl's day a girl's outing with her family it was her aunt and her cousin and her mom and uh her sister and a grandma a couple other folks and um faith was pulling into the parking lot of this big old thrift store that they were going to is apparently just massive uh, and I and she said she pulled into the parking lot, and went, hmm. And Hattie had had a blowout, okay. And so she told everybody, "Hey, go on out, go on back. I'll 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 hang back here and let me change this diaper and I'll I'll, I'll catch up with you." So her mom comes out and goes, "Why don't you tell everybody to go?" And she said, what, "What's going on?" She said, "Well, I got a diaper I got to change." And she goes, "Well, I can help." So Faith did need need some help because she was putting Hattie in the stroller and Josie, our four month old. Uh, she was going to wear her for lack of a better yeah. word. She, she was putting her in the her pouch. little snuggy pouch thing. Yeah. yeah. That she, um, so faith was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll strap Josie up to me and, uh, you can, you can change the diaper, I guess. Are you sure? And, um, <laughs> and my little, did and she my, know. my mother-in-law goes, I've changed dookie diapers before. Now you gotta, you gotta realize something. My, my, my mother-in-law is about five foot five and mm -hmm. built like a bird. She's very, very sweet. Okay. She's got a lot of grit. Um, my wife is five, eight. My sister-in-law is five, nine. My brother-in-law is six, one. Mm -hmm. Um, but what she, so she clearly was thinking this was going to be a dainty little girl doo-doo. Mm -hmm. Uh, but what she forgot <laughs> was that her dad's six, five. And, <laughs> and so so Faith is trying to put the our our two our four month old uh, on, and she hears from the back of the car, "Whoa!" <laughs> and 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 she goes, "What is wrong with this kid?" <laughs> and she's she was not ready, and so Hattie eats a lot of blueberries because it's one oh, of the few things that we can oh, get her to yeah. eat. Oh, there's a the problem. That's apparently blueberry. Well, okay, but apparently Hattie's system doesn't mess with the skins. It'll digest uh -huh. the fruit, but it doesn't mess with the skins. So, yeah, you see where I'm going with this. She goes, what is this in there? And Faith kind of just shot a little glance. She goes, oh, blueberries. And her mom's like, blueberries? I have more questions. And so... <laughs> <laughs> and and so Faith said it took me a while to put Hattie to put Josie on, and by the time I was done, Mom was still wiping Hattie, <laughs> and, and eventually went 
Why is it sticking to her? Did you feed her Gorilla Glue? <laughs> apparently it was just epic. It just kind of came out like Quick Crete. And, um, and, Quick Crete. And, yeah. And, those, yeah. Those blueberries, she was, man. Yeah, man. She just, she was not ready. So, I mean, honestly... <laughs> Hattie is already so tall, mm-hmm. even for she's not even three years old yet. And um, yeah, I mean this, and you know, I just mean this matter of factly. She's built thick. She's yeah. she's she's a strong kid, and so I just don't think she is going to do anything little in her entire life. And <laughs> and her her grandmother was not ready for that. So uh, it was a fun little wake up call for her. And that's that's my story. So mine's kind of along the same lines, except for so my wife Bring is it. really big on potty training early okay so we potty trained our first one she was probably about two and a half right three um we had to potty train our second one uh pretty quicker than that because we wanted to go on a cruise so Mm -hmm. we didn't want to take her with diapers right and so on that one my wife promised her if you poop on the potty i'll take you to disney world so for the whole (laughs) week she pooped on the potty so my wife and my second child went to disney world for 24 hours because she pooped on the potty. And oh, so yes. now we're doing, now we're trying it with my boy, which we all know we're stubborn. So really? it's been I a, had no idea. <laughs> it's been a little bit of a battle. Um, so this week he lost all of his uh, toys with wheels. Uh, uh, Cause he pooped in it. And then he lost all of his balls, like footballs and, okay. uh, and he gets, a, and he gets a spanking. So this morning, I'm glad you clarified. Yeah. The kind of balls that were. Yeah. Uh, so in this, this morning or, or this week, whenever I am changing him because he pooped in his pants, he's like, are you going to spank me? What toys am I going to lose? <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, he's not worried about whether he's potty trained. He's just wondering what, what toys does he lose the next? And he's probably thinking about it while it's taking place. Like yeah. while he's, putting a load in his pants he's probably going yeah yeah there goes my legos and (laughs) there's a there's a power ranger (laughs) there's a a funny story in my wife's family i won't take too much time doing this she was like two or three or something just get you know early stages of talking crayons were banned in their household because she would color on everything including the walls um and so there's a moment where uh her dad was walking up the stairs and she's coloring on a wall and he just stops and looks at her and goes, you know, you're going to get in trouble for that. And Kristen goes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, then. man, that's hilarious. And, speak, and speaking of Kristen, I uh, have a, well, something that actually happened at dinner tonight that was pretty funny. So um, we're sitting there, we're eating dinner. Uh, and <clears throat> Kristen has uh, got Abigail, our six month old, in the high chair feeding some sweet potato puree, uh, which, you know, yay and uh she absolutely <laughs> loves it but uh, yay. so my wife um is many things but a, uh someone who is a dainty belcher she is not um it is to my great shame that you my have permission wife, to tell her this yes i do <laughs> tell I us asked this her okay. specifically okay all right you always need to open with that yeah um I, it's to my great shame that she can actually outburt me like since day <laughs> one um so anyway, we're, we're eating dinner. She's feeding Abigail just normal time. And Kristen, she puts top tier one out into the world. And uh, I kid you not, Abigail 
just kind of she gets all startled and she goes <laughs> because of the and like flails around like a fish because oh, of it. <laughs> oh no where, so oh, where man where so what was she was Kristen like up close and personal with abigail no, not like no interface or anything just you know standard distance away from feeding a kid standard dist okay oh. so i didn't know if it was perhaps golly that's but okay. it was enough that's, to startle my impressive. kid enough to flop around yeah. like a fish in her high chair oh oh wow yeah yeah Does she was, feel bad or is she excited awesome. or was she proud oh proud and very laughing about it we both were so <laughs> if you're gonna be a part of this family kid let, let's start this discussion so baba welcome again to the show I'm glad to be here. Cool. Wait, <laughs> let's try this one more time. He was yeah, like, was like hey, no, no, going? keep it in. Keep it in. That was hilarious. He's like, oh, I talk now. Okay. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, man. Well, hey, Bubba. Uh, Bubba is, uh, for those of you who do not know Bubba, he is a filmmaker, director, video editor, and a digital imaging technician, or DIT for a lot of independent films that take place all around the country. Some of his work is even up on Amazon, so be sure to check that out. I'm sure we'll get some names coming up here soon. But not only has he been on the independent scene for years, he's been a collector of all things Star Wars toys, figurines, just plastic amazingness in general on the Star Wars I, side. I got I got something really cool to show you that I haven't told you all about yet, so I'm oh, really excited. Oh, sweet. I, I can't oh, wait. Oh, fun. Okay. Well, um... More than that, Bubba does have his wife and three kids, which uh, is the main reason that his collection is pretty much at the office instead of at home. Correct. Uh, but Bubba also has a heart to teach and connect with filmmakers from all around the country to make the best films possible. So it just kind of makes him an all around cool guy. So it's awesome to have you on the show here, Bubba. Man, I'm excited to be here. This is great. Cool. Well, hey, for starters, did I miss anything? Anything you want to you know throw in there in that mix? No, man, that was a well rounded intro <laughs> yeah very well crafted did my job all right so well first and foremost let's start at the beginning uh so it was a dark and stormy night um assuming your mom went into it no um so <laughs> how did you get into if you want to go way way back <laughs> you're gonna have to start before that but i don't think we want to <laughs> no, cover that no, 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 no. that would go against the daggum problem anyway keep going well hey how did you get into being a nerd in the first place what was it that started it well because of when i was born um, I was not old enough to go see Star Wars yet or even knew what that was. Okay. So the first one I saw in theaters as a kid was Empire Strikes Back. Um, and from that moment, I just was infatuated with anything space and Star Wars related. Yes. Um, it just just took me to another place and another world, just dreaming and like like just seeing what possible possible that, you know, what the world could be like or what the yeah. possibilities could be like one day. Like just, it just, it, it got me really excited. So, so then on from every birthday and every Christmas, I, I just wanted star Wars stuff. I love it. Just, Mom and dad, star Wars, star Wars, star Wars. So did, that's really, really where it got in. Did you go back and see the first one shortly after oh, yeah. watching? Is that okay? Yes. It's, I, I don't remember exactly how, what the time was because back then it was you had to get vhs's and, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, i don't even remember back in the 80s when blockbuster was around so you probably had to wait till you could buy it mm -hmm. um and my parents didn't you know we weren't my parents were big movie collectors so right. um but That's i did better. finally go back and see it yeah i'll go ahead no no i was saying it's better than kevin who you know painted his uh, star wars on like cave walls <laughs> and stuff so that's so true um but uh here doesn't mean you can <laughs> 
Even though Empire Strikes Back was the first one, Star Wars is my true love of all the the films. Sweet. That's great. Very cool. So did the, did, I mean, was the, was the Darth Vader, excuse me, was the Darth Vader, I am your father reveal wasted on you that when you saw it as a kid? Did you not have any, did you have any context? Oh, that's so sad. (laughs) Yeah, that's too bad. Oh, man. Mm. Man, okay. I dream of being able to, I don't want to put it on YouTube or even film it for that matter. But after seeing so many videos on YouTube of kids reacting to mm-hmm. the, uh, I am your father reveal. I really want to raise my kids to see star Wars and then uh, just savor that moment when they realize that Darth Vader oh, really nice. is. So yeah. there's, uh, yes. uh, there's actually a video that popped up on the internet a few years ago somebody uploaded their like handy cam or whatever or eight millimeter footage of being in the theater during empire strikes back. And that oh, reveal I think happens. I saw that. Oh yeah. man. I'll um, have to find that. I'll have to, I'll have to put it on our discord page. Um, if I, if I go back and find it. So yeah, that'll, that, awesome. that should be a lot of fun. Um, so how did you, you okay. So you huge nerd, obviously I'm assuming that kind of influenced your career and kind of what did you, what you wanted to do with it eventually was a, small factor in that. Absolutely. Um, it's from that time period and from that, from then on, as I got older, I mean, I just always loved movies. I mean, I watched movie movies was what I loved to do. Uh, even mm-hmm. as a kid, you know, as when I grew teenagers, me and my best friends, we just wanted to watch movies. We'd go to the theaters, watch movies. Sometimes in the old, the olden days of the malls, you could watch one movie and sneak into the next theater. And stay around <laughs> with it, go watch movie. You know, we, we used to do those kind of things and uh, just because we love movies and it was so yeah. fascinating to be, a, you know, I just thought what a great, what a fun job to tell stories visually like that. And, you know, just to be a part of that is like and, and make people's lives different, even if it's not like an eternity hope or a long lasting hope. But just for those two hours, you forget yeah. about all the troubles in the world, in your life or frustrations or whatever it may be for two yeah. hours, you get this little escape and, yeah. it, and, and it just, it just, it just made me like really excited. And I was like, man, I'd, I'd like to do that one day. Yep. Um, so Super how cool. did you get started in that film career? What was it? You know, first steps, where'd you start? Well, I was kind of late in getting into that. I worked in TV for uh, right out of college. Well, me and my friend, uh, I helped my friend do his senior project at Howard Payne, the university I went to. We did a, okay. uh, we did a, he did a feature film. And so I helped him with that. And so it was fun to do that kind of on the very low indie <laughs> side, but putting it together was so much fun. Like, you know, he wrote the story and, and, and then we just got the the school equipment and we shot it on like, man, I think it was a beta tape and we edited it real to real. I mean, it was like oh, real old school. Real. Um, yeah. but it was so much fun. Um, and then after college, I went back home, my mom got sick. And so I was staying around there. And so a, a friend of ours that worked at this, uh, religious TV show s- said they needed a tape operator and an assistant editor. So I just applied and I worked there. That was my first bingo foot, foot into TV and into the industry. But, um, it was about three years after that, that I worked on my first film and I fell in love with it. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to tell stories. So, um, and it was a, it was a, uh, low independent, uh, Christian film about a wayward rocker that lost his faith for a little while and then found it again. And, you know, kind of like went back and started doing rock again and was happy with life. And it was, 
it was fun. It started uh, Kevin Mack from DC Talk, and it was it was fun. Oh, like cool. I was like working on a real movie finally, like one that's actually going to be shown somewhere, wow. um, or you could buy it or rent it. It's like man, this is really cool. And so I just kept in touch with some of those people, and that's just from there. It just kind of grew, and that's how I got started into film. Now, That's I remember cool. talking with you earlier of one of your early escapades into film, uh, and this took place right about the time that you got married, if I'm oh. not mistaken. <laughs> uh, so I, I need you to dish on yourself just a little bit on this one, because okay. it's too good not to tell. So if any of you are out there listening and you are interested in making a film, please do not make it to a short film two weeks before you're supposed to get married. It's not a good idea. It's really not. Um, yeah. And, so and, I, it never once crossed your mind that no, you know, this is probably not the greatest idea. No, I, I was, I was a rebel. I was a rebel without a, with a cause, I guess, to, to go make my rebel with a camera to go make my first movie. And I was listening to all these seasoned filmmakers that I had working with me producing and being a DP are like, we should not make this short film right now. We should not make it. We're not ready. We don't have. I, I said, let's oh, do it. You didn't listen. <laughs> I didn't know that part. <laughs> I didn't listen. We did it anyways. And so we get to the first location. This lady let us borrow the house. And we were having our fight scene between the, the uh, protagonist and the antagonist in the film. And uh, the protagonist pushed the antagonist up just a little bit too hard against the wall. And we put a hole in the wall in this lady's <laughs> house. And uh and then they, you know, not to make a, a long story long, but we <laughs> kind of maybe destroyed our very antique table is what she said. And so <gasps> I don't know if we did. We put we put uh, uh, moving blankets on top of the table right. before we took things off the wall. But she accused us of doing it. And I had no way of proving that we didn't do it, uh, which always take pictures before you right. do anything at a location, take pictures of everything you do. No. Um, so that turned out to be a really sour deal because she about sued me um, <sighs> for about $1,800. And, and again, um, this is right before your wedding. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. At, least it wasn't the, yeah. at least it wasn't the week of the honeymoon or something. That mm, I'm not yeah. really sure it could get much worse. No. Mm. So anyways, but long story short, other things happened. My DIT data wrangler... <laughs> Didn't didn't dump a card before he erased it, so oh, we lost no. three scenes no. and a location backed out on us the day we we're supposed to shoot. So no. no, all that to say is three days worth of shooting, and I have no film to prove that I I made a short film <laughs> two weeks before my wedding. But mm. I tell you, the experience I learned, uh, the knowledge that I gained, is so valuable that listen to people that have been into the industry that know. Yeah. And even if you're hungry to make one, there's always another day. There's always another week. There's always more time to make a film. Don't rush yeah. it um, because that's when you're going to make mistakes and that's when things are going to fall apart. And that's when you're going to be um, with, with a project that you're probably not even going to enjoy in the first place. So yeah, right. um, I wish I learned it the hard way. I wish I would have listened to the wise filmmakers and the producers and people that were speaking into my life. But as a rebel filmmaker, I just I had to make it. How many times did you so, hear I told you so after it was all said and done? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot of begging and saying I'm sorry to my my, my fiance. Oh. You know, you know. Mm, goodness. Yeah, so. 
so I'm curious what, so that was one of the first things that you worked on. So what was the last thing mm-hmm. that you worked on? What was last project? The last that project that you can oh tell us God. about. I can tell you about it. And okay. uh, I'm going to, if you can just picture time travel, <laughs> Muslims and Jesus all in one movie. No. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. I'm going I'm to need to save that one for the after show. Cause that's going to, we're going to go too far down a rabbit hole on that one. <laughs> But that was the last project I worked on. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. I need more details, but just not right now. Um, so I, a lot of our audience has never been on a film set before. Um, and when they hear the term DIT, digital imaging technician, what the heck is that? Well, the DIT is kind of the new formation of what everyone used to call the data wrangler back in the day when it was film um, that, that got all the film together. Um, even when they were crossing over into the digital side, uh, t- taking the cards and dumping them, whether it was uh, cassette tapes back then or if it was uh, SD card, whatever you're shooting on, we would take those and dump them to a hard drive, organize it, get it prepped prep for the editor. Um, so probably about when, when I would say probably about the HD or the 4K digital uh, push into film and, uh, and all the new cameras, especially the RED camera, the yeah. data wrangler turned more into a DIT. Mm. Um, and so they took on a little bit more responsibility where you, you, you work with the DP and you worked with the color structure of the film. You made mm. sure that exposure was proper before they filmed, they would do some test shots and you'd make sure you get the exposure where you wanted it to be. So they could come back there. We'd p- pop it into back then. It was uh what was red software? Uh, oh, red, dead uh, gummy. I, don't, I can't remember what it's called. One. We, not red one. That was the camera, but the, yeah. they had their software. You, we pull it. It in was there also an X-wing fighter, but <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, I wonder if they named it like that on purpose. <laughs> well, I don't know. They need a red five so, camera in there. Some so point just, right. just so, so just not to interrupt, but just so I'm clear so far on what you're saying is, is so they would, they would do test shots and then the DIT would take it to, uh, would take the footage to, to check exposure for everybody. Yeah, so they would, so, well, for the DP, just if he was questioning the exposure, uh, he would come and the DIT would uh, do, pull it up, they'd look at it, he would say, okay, we're a little hot here, uh, maybe we need to bring down the exposure um, a little bit. Um, they, and just, so, the, but I guess my real question is, they can't tell that in camera? Well, they can, but there's also a little bit difference when you're looking at it on a, you know, a scientific monitor that's about 10 yep. grand. Oh, uh, I see. see, yeah, okay, bit, gotcha. You, you can see a little more detail to make sure, and Back then with the red, it was, you know, the red camera always put a little bit more red tint into the image. And so I got you. You, you wanted to make sure that your color balance, your color space and your color science was proper. So the DIT gotcha. kind of grew into more of a camera uh, department versus just being uh, a part of the maybe like onset editing team. It became more I of see. the camera okay. department. Okay. Gotcha. You still do all the data wrangling and organizing files right. and syncing audio and doing all that. But if the DP says, Hey man, I need to check the exposure. Let me know how the exposure is on the shot. And and we can do that really fast. And so that they have time to go back and reshoot it before we leave the location, they'll go back and shoot it. Okay. So, so why, okay. so how did you get into doing that? Like why DIT? And I know that kind of bleeds into editing as well. Well, so that was one of the, one of the things that uh, helped me really get involved in more in film is like, I wanted to be an editor and, uh, in the independent film world, it's a real tight group. So you may have like yeah, these pocket yeah. of 10 filmmakers and they, they all got their role roles. You, this, another group over here and they're making like all these pop 
sell them to the distributors, get them out there to Walmart really fast. So they're making like 10 movies a year, but they have their team. And so mm-hmm. it's really hard to break into the independent film world uh, in the first place. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to be a DIT. There's not a, I already, I already am an editor uh, and I like editing and I've, you know, I, I like all that and I understand the concepts and I understand what you do with files. I understand all of that. Cause that's, I did that as an assistant editor for a TV show. And so this is a good way to get into the film. So I just, I uh, started, went to the couple of the networking uh, things that Dallas had, like the Dallas Producers Association. Um, there are some other filmmaking networks and just started putting my name out there. Say, hey, I'm DIT, love to work with you. Um, some of the people that I worked with um, in other projects said, hey, I'm open to be a DIT. I want to get into the film. And uh, I got a call to be a DIT on a, a football film called Carter High um, back in the, oh, yeah. uh, t- 2006. Okay. And, uh, and from there, that that's that really took off for me there. That's I, awesome. Uh, was, so that's how I started with DIT. Yeah, I'd imagine cool. that that's that's a smaller pool to pull from on indie yeah. DIT technicians and very, color. Very but I wasn't. Yeah, and I wasn't I wasn't strong in coloring yet. But colorists too are so hard to find really mm-hmm. good ones. Yeah. And so if you're good at coloring, you can you can make a really good living in the film world film industry. Well, that's good to know. I mean, I, I, yeah, my, the most experience I have with coloring is my, my, my daughter's bluey books. Uh, <laughs> I, that is one thing I still can't quite dial in. I can get it passable, but I can't. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a colorist by any stretch of the imagination. This is blue. This yeah. is light yeah. blue. <laughs> yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. What are midtones, and how do I get them to look like? You know, just change the color of the skin. That's all I want. Just push um, the color button. Right. <laughs> yeah, Andrew and I actually cut our teeth on. I won't. Call, I don't know if it's independent filmmaking. I don't know what the Irwin brothers were, but we mm-hmm. worked with a company called the Irwin Brothers as kind of interns for a little bit, and uh, it's pretty. It, just it was PND. Pretty, oh, yeah, they were indie. Indie. yeah. Their, their first movie October baby was definitely indie, but now yeah. I wouldn't call it. Independent yeah. So back in it. the day they were, but they were working on, yeah. uh, incidentally, they were to your comment about the color tones and the red camera. The first time I ever saw a red camera mm-hmm. was with the Irwin brothers shooting a music video for the band red. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I kind of <laughs> wonder if that was intentional. Like if we can't dial in the color the way we want it to, we'll just say this is part of the look because the yeah. band's called red. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to your point about, about being very tight knit. Yeah. I tried so hard for years to break in with them and other companies that I could. And I never, I never got anywhere with it. And I can't say that I blame them because when you're dealing with that small, a margin for error, yeah, yeah, you're a jerk. (laughs) Um, When you're dealing, when you're dealing with that, um, when you're dealing with that small of a budget and you have to make everything count, they, they had their group of people that, it just, they just trust it. And so they're like, you can't, you can't pick, uh, you can't afford to take chances. So you just pick yep. the same people that you know are going to do a good job every time. And, you know, uh, now, now I can't get work with them for the exact opposite reason. They're too big. <laughs> just not that yeah. I've tried. Um, my friend is so. a gaffer out of Atlanta and he's actually gaffs all the Irwin brother movies. Anytime uh-huh. they do a movie, he's, he's their gaffer. Oh, that's and right. He's yeah. the same, He's the same thing is like, he really wants to be a DP, but it's, he's so good at gaffing and, uh, and lighting that, it, you know, he gets called for all these other things, but it's like, he wants to go to yeah. that next level, but it's hard to break in. You have to yeah. kind of like, tell him to quit he being was, so good at his job. Uh, like no. just, next time he gaffs something, it needs to just, it needs to suffer just like, a little. <laughs> just suck one or two <laughs> levels down, you know? 
Yeah. And so sometimes I'm texting him or calling like, Hey, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm really watching, uh, the prisoners and I'm trying to figure out how Roger Deakins and the gaffer yeah. lit oh, yeah. the campfire scene. Like, so he's like studying, wow. you yeah. know, like we're, while we're like playing with our dadgum nerd stuff, you know, uh-huh. he's like <laughs> studying the intricate, the intricates of lighting and film as he's watching a movie. Yeah. So he's, yeah. he's just so fun to talk to about all that stuff. Well, I feel under accomplished. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so what so what does somebody need to know to kind of get into this i would say just independent film but also dit as well what does if somebody's interested in doing this what are some first steps that they should take um uh, first things they should take is probably really um understand the industry really understand what they're getting into because it's it's one of those really hard industries to understand uh, be prepared to maybe take a whole year to try to even get in to yeah. the industry. Cause this, you may even have to start as a PA or an intern. Um, but once you get in, like once you get on your first set, like I did with that Christian film, then you just work hard and people will see your work ethic and your desire to do more. Say, Hey, what, what, what else can I do? What do you need help with? Cause on independent films, really small ones, there's a lot of gaps and a lot of holes they need to fill. And if you're willing to take mm-hmm. on and learn, uh, that's the first thing, have a, a learning attitude and learning heart. Then secondly, man, you know, this day and age, it is beautiful on what you can learn through the great place called YouTube. YouTube um, University, man. So if you want to be a We DIT, are in trouble if YouTube ever decides to try and monetize that and do their <laughs> yeah. version of Skillshare or Udemy uh-huh. or something like that, because yeah. they'll take all that stuff off and go and put it behind a paywall. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm 15 years into my career and I still look up stuff on YouTube all the time. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, so I would say that, and then I just say, man, just have a heart to go after it. Um, for DIT specifically, um, you got to love the intricates of the camera and you got to love editing because you're doing a little bit of both nowadays. Uh, you got to understand, you got to understand the basics of exposure and color space and color science. Um, you got to understand uh, file sizes. You got to be able to say, "Hey, okay, we just t- we just shot um, these uh, this this one card had like maybe 400 gigs on it, and you got to kind of got to multiply or how many hard drives we're going to have." So you got to kind of understand mm. a little bit of um, math space so that you can figure out, "Hey, we need four hard drives to keep so we can uh. back up and." So have a little bit of knowledge of how all that works because different cameras shoot at different, um, the, the, uh, the color science and all the, all the metadata that goes into there makes the file sizes bigger. And if you shoot in ProRes raw, or if you shoot in log, that's going to bump it up. So you got to, got to have a basic understanding of all uh, how cameras shoots, um, what the color space is and the science and know exactly how big the files are when they're shooting. Um, I remember one file they shot and I don't know if it was a long scene or if they just forgot to hit record, but I had one, file before that was over a hundred gig. Um, oh. it was massive. Um, and so it, 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 it can, you know, and I think they were shooting, uh, it may have been that ProRes raw when it first came out. Right. Um, it was massive. And so I was mm-hmm. like, we're going to need a lot more hard drives, kind of like in jaws. You're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. You're going to need yeah. a lot more hard drives. So and you I, need and to I, know sh- that. Yeah. And, and I could say, you know, just, uh, again, I'm a video editor for my career and, a lot of that stuff that you're talking about, a lot of that just comes through experience. Exactly. And that experience is simply going to be not just learning stuff on YouTube, but getting out there and doing yeah. it. Yeah. Like doing stuff on your own. Yeah. You're going to stumble and fall and trip up a whole lot along the way. But again, 
like you said earlier, that experience is just invaluable on that failure. Yeah. It's about the journey. It <laughs> is. And I'll tell you, so I worked for a startup <laughs> company. I worked for a startup company uh, that was trying to do music, uh, independent music on di DirecTV. They were trying mm -hmm. to get a space on DirecTV, an independent music channel. It was a startup yeah. company doing some fun stuff. And then all of a sudden, one day, oh, we're shutting down. And so I, I was Ooh. the last employee there. They started laying everybody off. I was the last one. And then I heard, oh, prison break shooting in town. Well, I'll just go be an extra. I got laid off. I, you know, I don't have a job right this second. Right. I'm going to go be an extra. And I told, when I got there, I was amazed how many people were extras because they want to be an actor and they'd have their headshots and they have all their stuff ready to put it in front of a casting director. And I was there just to see what a film set looked like. I didn't care if I was on TV. Sure. But the only way I could get, the easiest way to get on set was to be an extra. And now you get to watch how everything unfolds, the, how the director and the camera, how hair and makeup and lighting. That was the first thing that I did. And from there, it's like, okay, now I'm going to figure out how I can get on another set and do something else. And so then I transitioned, started talking to people, got on Imposter, that film, and it just kind of, but like you said, you just got to do it. You, you know, you, I talked about it for so long. Now I, yeah, I just had to do it. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and can you do this independent film thing yeah, like you're married you have kids at this point i'm you know i'm assuming that your whole film journey has not involved kids throughout the entire process but mm -hmm. um but can you do this independent film thing without support from your family no you cannot uh i will tell you it, i i will say that this industry is the hardest on marriages outside mm -hmm. of probably a high school yeah. football coach um mm -hmm. because you're not home when you're working on a project, you're working 17 hour days, 16 hour days, six days a week. Um, and so you better have a, you better have the, if you're married, you better have the support of your spouse. Um, and if you don't figure out a way that you can maybe get there. Um, but if I didn't have the support of my wife, my beautiful wife, I would not be able to do it, have taken any of the dreams and the journeys that I have without her support, mm. especially when I had kids, because then it's like, she's single mom for a month or yeah. eight weeks, you know, so you got to really have that support system um, and that connection with your spouse and they need to believe in you and your desires. Um, it, it makes it a lot easier. Otherwise it would be, um, it would be hard. Yeah. I'd imagine yeah. there's a lot of communication involved. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You yeah. better be on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, my I'm wife not... can't stand it when I'm out on a work trip for the weekend or something. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's especially, you know, whatever the, d depending on the season that you're in. Right. Uh, yep. With a two-year-old and a four-month-old, it's it's a lot on one person. Mm -hmm. It is. And a couple of films I were working on, um, we we had uh, babies like like say Ooh. like they were under they were under a year old. So it's like, um, and then hey, if you want to have kids, maybe go work on a film set because that's I was working on a <laughs> film, and that's when we found out we we're having our second child after five years. So. Oh wow! Okay, wow! Nice. So nice. It could work both ways. Yeah. <laughs> Um, That's and what crazy. does, what does being a, I mean, the whole premise of dadgum nerds is that we talk about nerd life through the lens of looking, looking through dad life, um, that we are nerds, but we're dads first and foremost. Mm -hmm. So what does being a dad and being a nerd look like to you? Um, being a dad and a nerd at the same time, is just teaching. First, it was my girls. My, I mean, I sat down and watched Star Wars with my girls because I love Star Wars. And they're like, daddy, what are you watching? I want to watch it with you. And then they're like, Oh, there's Darth Vader. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just 
it's passing down the things from your childhood that meant a lot to you yeah. uh, and getting them excited about it. And so, yeah. um, and then they would play, you know, they may have their Barbies or whatever, and I'll have my star Wars figures and you know, whatever we're just, we're just playing and having a good time. It's, it's about teaching my kids, Hey, the, this is what it was like when I was a kid. These mm-hmm. are the things that were big to me. Like I know my oldest daughter now is into Harry Potter. Um, and I get that. And she's buying all the figurines. She's got all these stickers. She's got Lego sets. I'm like, yeah, that's what it means to be a nerd. You can be mm-hmm. okay. It's okay. But um, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when you figure out she's in a twilight? Ah, mm. see, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> Pull the plug on that one. Just kidding. <laughs> Here, honey, here's some, here's a wooden steak and some garlic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're just, we're going to, I'm going to talk to Edward for a little bit and everything <laughs> yeah. will be okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, my hope had always been in a dream world that I would raise my kids on the classic TV shows and movies that I, I was raised on, on mm. as well as like classic video games and, and, and get them up to speed. So when they're eight years old, start them off on like classic NES games, you know, by the, yep. what are they called? The, 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 the cartridges. The, well, no, not the yeah. cartridges, but the, but the, um, the, 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 the units that they bought, the NES. Um, oh, the little, uh, the, the NES classic. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. NES classic and just start them on the NES classic and move up mm-hmm. to super Nintendo, start them on Westerns and then move them up to science mm-hmm. fiction. Science and, fiction. And then, you know, just go from there and then very rapidly get them to the current day so they can appreciate how far we've come. And then I had girls. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Darned if I'm not going to try, but it's 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 funny how it's funny how um, what do they say? If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Yeah. So I had always kind of expected things to go a certain way. And eh, we'll see. Trip, I, was right th- I was right there with you until two years ago. We found out we're having a boy surprise. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, st- I started, I started Shepard on Spidey, amazing Spidey on Disney yeah, okay. plus. So he's, okay. he's getting into Marvels. They're about three minutes long. He loves them. He, he, he can do the Hulk smash now. And uh, yeah. it, it, it's, uh, so it's great. So wait, amazing Spidey's. So it's not the retro one that aired on Fox kids back in the nineties that, no, okay. All right. So yeah, the it's one that the one, one that Ripped the one that out. really yes. messed me up yeah. and need, I needed therapy for. So yeah. Bub, I don't know if you ever watched that or not, but there was never a proper finale for the show. Uh it got it got it it ended on a massive cliffhanger. And I searched for I kept I, you know, as a kid, I didn't understand all the red tape that goes on behind the scenes. So I watched that episode and then the following Saturday waited for it to conclude and I never saw it. And I thought I had missed something or I had accidentally tuned in at the wrong time. And for years I looked for this season finale, this series finale, and I never got it. So (laughs) I can't, I can't, um, I I was afraid for a second when you said you had introduced him to amazing Spider-Man because I was like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't do that to him. Don't do it to (laughs) it. Deep, dark, lonely road, man. Right. Right. (laughs) So so you are a uh, toy collector uh, for just, just star Wars or a little bit outside of that. I'm starting to get some Marvel stuff. Um, I will have to say the majority of my stuff is star Wars. Okay. As it should be. Yes. Yep. (laughs) They have, they so really I had, do have the best collectibles. So, so we had this quick discussion. It's a little sidetrack. So, okay, no, yeah. Uh, Ken Ken Hortzman is a guy that I met here, uh, and he's he's from Atlanta, but he's moved here to Birmingham. Okay. He he's on staff at, at the church, or his wife is on staff at the church that my wife is. 
but he's a filmmaker. And so he, we had a discussion. So I'm going to break it down to you. If you're a sound guy, you're Star Trek. If you're video editing, you're Star Wars. That's yeah. how he breaks it down to me. I was Interesting. like, yep, that, that that's fair sense. now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. There's a famous story with Star Wars. I know that, that George Lucas, when he was making the first one, he had a, an editor who really didn't understand the material he was working with. And they ended up bringing a second guy on or, or Lucas cut it himself or something was something like yeah. that. Um, yeah. And we got the cut that we have today. Otherwise this thing would have flopped in the edit room. Mm, gotcha. So Interesting. It is, is truly a story that editing saves lives. I, yeah. I don't. And I creates don't billion understand. dollar franchises. Yeah. And creates <laughs> jobs in this case. Um, yeah. But I don't understand the distinction because I've watched both and I think the sound and editing is good on both of them. Um, in fact, I I mean, I know more about Star Wars, so I know what went into creating things like the blaster sounds and the, the, the lightsaber sound effects and stuff like that. But what are we talking about when we say if you're a sound guy, you're Star Trek and if you're an editor guy, you're you're Star Wars? That might be have to be another episode because I'll have to go back and ask him for more clarification because we didn't go that far. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I just kind of like, yeah, you're right. No, you yeah. want to talk about you want to talk about some scrappy filmmaking though. That is the that original Star Trek. I mean, oh holy my gosh, crap. yes. Holy, uh, yes. half that thing's made out of cardboard. And um, how ironic is that now William Shatner is the oldest man in space? I, if that doesn't oh, put yeah. a right? smile, if that does not put a smile on your face, right? I don't know what does. <laughs> exactly. I really exactly. don't know what does. Check your pulse if not. Boldly go, yep. William Shatner. Boldly go. Boldly go. Um, so you uh when did you start toy collecting and when did you kind of realize that you have a problem or that you're just a collector in general? <laughs> okay, so I started collecting when I was a kid because I got a, every Christmas, every birthday was either G.I. Joe or Star Wars or E Man and all that stuff, right? Then there came that time when I was a really awesome seventh grade junior high boy. And mm. my parents said, Hey, we're having a garage sale. And I was like, no. yes, I can sell all these toys and make some money. No. Uh. I have to have to say that the ones that did not get bought are the ones that I'm the most proud of because they are the ones they're from the characters and the, and the people that I love the most in star Wars. So okay. Okay. God was all looking right. out for me that I didn't <laughs> sell everything. Um, <laughs> But I would have had a lot more if I wouldn't have put all that stuff in the garage sale. Mm. Um, if someone would have told me, don't sell your toys. Damn. Yeah. But, you might be doing uh, this podcast from a golden bathtub if you had waited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to a little later. <laughs> I know of a guy that his parents never were into Star Wars, never into anything like that. But they would buy the toys and, and kept them in the original boxes. And they had... Ooh. He, he one day he, my buddy Andy and him went down to Houston where they live and went through their big two two like two garage storage shed and it was nothing but original Star Wars toys still in the box that they had bought from the seventies and eighties. Oh. Who knows why they did it? That's where I got the original. Got this. Dude. Oh, oh, dude! That's the thing the stormtrooper rides in. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I got it, I, the lizard. Yeah, I got it from that guy's parents' shed because they collected boxes and boxes of Star Wars toys, and now they're reselling them for killing. Oh, Good that makes grief. me happy. Oh, oh wow. Dewback, dewback. It's a dewback. So when did do-back. you consider yourself a uh, collector? Um, probably about 
seven years ago, I was like, you know what? Just I want to build up. I want to put my Star Wars stuff back up. I want to get more. So I'd go on See, eBay, uh, and I'm like, this guy was like, I'm selling a hundred figures for seven seventeen dollars. All right, I'm per, I'm going to bid on it. Done. So I just started buying and buying, and I, I found a couple of shops in Dallas, the Dallas Vintage Toy Store, that was actually selling more vintage instead of the remakes. Okay. Um, I'm trying to get as much vintage as I can. Um, just to just to keep it kind of from the original vibe i still buy some yeah. new ones if i see if it's a character that i really like i'll buy some of the newer newer make ones just to have it but i try to find the ones that um that i can afford because if you get really oh, into yeah. it <laughs> some of those c3po's i've seen people selling them for 15 to twenty thousand dollars golly yeah. this is uh luke skywalker's lightsaber from episode four mm-hmm. used in the yeah. film no no yeah. no no yeah. Uh, what That's would you insane. consider to be like the jewel of your collection? Um, well, I got, oh, let me put this. this is probably my, one of my jewels because this is probably more of a replication of my favorite oh. scene and, uh, planet in, uh, new hope. Uh, when they're on Tatooine, the land speeder is probably my favorite vehicle. And that's the original Luke and, um, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan because they, they got the lightsabers in the hand that you wow. pull out. Yeah. That's awesome. So that one got your little storage. Oh, right in the front of it. You can like little yeah. storage pocket. Oh, that's fun. That's cool. And this is one of the that... things that survived oh. the garage oh. sale. That's the that's original slave thing. one or slave whatever they're one. calling it now. What? Yep. Oh, that fire spitter or something. Yeah. It's fire spray. Yeah. Spy, yeah. Fire yeah, spitter. That's it. Yeah. Fire, fire yeah. spray. That's, that's Boba, Boba yep. Fett's ship. Okay. Oh, and, yep. and the, the fins even go with it yep. when Look. you turn it up and down. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. really cool. Uh, and then here's, he's my favorite bounty hunter, Greedo. So this okay. is original. Well, I mean, he, he was on, He's only on screen for about three minutes. So. Yeah, I that, I, like I need to ask, why, why is he your favorite for somebody who has so little screen time and then half of it was like a piece of space bacon? You know, it's just, I, I think I just like the look. You okay. know, because in, the, in yeah. the movie, you're like, ah, who's Greedo? He's there. But then you get the toy, and you're like, man, he's a bounty hunter. Yeah. <laughs> what did, you know, can't wait for the Greedo series because he he's wears a, a vest. Hunter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Vest. You know, he works for Job in the Hut. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then, but, um, but real quick, before, before we move but, on though, did he shoot first? Who shot first is the better question. I think Han did. Okay. Thank you. That is the correct okay. answer. Somebody settle this for me because I, I know this is a running debate. I'm not sure that I've seen the original footage yet. So I haven't made a, I haven't taken a stance. I correct me if I'm wrong, but in the original footage, do we actually know who shot first? Isn't there just a big blast of smoke? No, nope. and you're never I, quite sure. Or Han pulls Han pulls the trigger underneath the table. Um, and uh, gotcha. feel free feel free to add yeah. to this, uh, Bubba. But okay, George Lucas essentially said, "Well, I don't want to make it to where you know he shot first and you know was unprovoked and just kind of you know shot him out of cold blood." And so George Lucas and one of his many changes to star Wars throughout the years even better. Yeah. Yeah. That's who he was before. I love that idea. 
I yeah. love that idea. But <laughs> I mean, and you know, obviously, if he had kept it that way, if he had, if he hadn't messed with it, and that uh, Han Solo had died at the end of Return of the Jedi, the way Harrison Ford wanted it to, mm-hmm. wanted it to happen. I mean, that would be a full, that would be a full one eighty character uh, change from yep. somebody who murders in cold blood to somebody who sacrifices themselves for yeah. a cause that would have been, been a great character arc that would have been and now don't get me wrong i'm glad he stuck around um mm-hmm. not wild about the fact that he got killed off the way he did in the in the force awakens but that's a whole other story mm-hmm. i don't yeah. like the way any of the originals died in that the whole new series just, me neither. I, i'm, me I'm neither. cutting this short just like <laughs> I am uh, pulling a Ben Solo here and stabbing this conversation through the chest. Technical difficulties. Um, yep. If any, if anyone asks me what's my favorite new Star Wars, I always tell them Rogue One. Oh, mm, I, don't talk, one. I don't even talk about. I don't even take about talk yeah, about seven eight. Kevin, nine. I really wish I really wish Kevin would had been here because you guys aren't just from the same era. You know, but he loves like he loves He-Man and Transformers yeah. and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, especially. Oh, gosh. Um, and that's what he says. He goes, I like the original trilogy for Star Wars and Rogue One. No, and Mandalorian. That's, no, Rogue oh, One. Mandalorian. That's right. That's <laughs> he's, right. Right now he's twitching somewhere. He senses it in the force. Um, yeah. <laughs> he likes uh, Mandalorian and the original trilogy. And that's about it. Rogue One, he didn't care for. But I think it's the best new Star oh, Wars okay. that they've made so far. Whoops. Oh, gosh. With, with the exception of Mandalorian. The yeah. reason why I like it. Not only not only because of the uh just the storyline of the, the the rebels and how they stole the plants mm-hmm. but because it's the connection to yes. a new yes. hope right and yeah. that's why i love it it's like yeah. ah, they they really did, they did a beautiful job with it so yeah, what the what is as a collector what is the next item that you are looking for is there um, something you've got your eye out for yes i want one of the land speeders from uh or the the speeders from um, I'm a big speeder guy. If, okay. if, if, if I have a favorite ship, it's the speeders. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like Boba Fett ship, and I'm a big. I, I like. Um, I'm kind I think of it's afraid to the get in the car with Bubba now. <laughs> <laughs> I have it at the office, but it's it's the uh, it's the snow uh, the snow speeder. Okay. Uh, from Empire Strikes Back. Right, right. Uh, but I want one of the land speeders uh, that the stormtroopers were riding in Return of the Jedi. Oh I want yeah. To, yeah. I want. Um, I want to get, um, let's see, I have, I want to get an original Chewbacca cause I don't have one of those. Okay. I, I, I've gotten some, and then I want, uh, I want to create the whole, uh, cantina scene, cantina scene. I want to get all those people. So yeah, that's all that's what I'm looking for. Okay. So this is really neither here nor there. But a my roommate from 10, 15 years ago, while I was still single, uh, fresh out of college, um, he was walking around and and he did he made a mistake or he did something or he's making a comment about how somebody messed up or something and he went wow, and I went, <laughs> I mean just completely out of the blue and I went, is that from Return of the Jedi? <laughs> and he and he stared at me for a second, and so y- yes, it is. It was it was it was the the scene from Jabba's palace where uh-huh. that was, George yep. Lucas, you know, yet another change that he made, where he added this weird digital female alien thing. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, when when the Twi'lek is falls into the pit with the um, uh-huh. oh, the rancor wow. and she screams, yep, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that that digital alien goes wow, and I went, <laughs> did you do? And he went, 
Okay, yes. One. <laughs> one, yes, that's where it's from. Two, which one of us is the bigger nerd? The guy who quoted it or the guy who, or the guy who recognized it? it. Yeah. Who's the bigger fool? Who's the bigger fool? Yeah. Um, and then the the final thing that I think want to talk about is something that I know is coming up for you. Um, what is this film festival that I'm hearing about that you're doing? Okay, so there's uh, there's kind of two parts to this. Um, we are doing a film festival, or we're trying to get a film festival together um, for um, Christian filmmakers um, that want that are interested uh, to get their story shown, um, their films played. Um, but more importantly, it's more for networking. One of the things that I really am passionate about is networking and also having some training a part of it. So this is going to be, there's going to be like two pieces to this. There's going to be like a, a, a master class, um, and we're not calling it that, but it's going to be that right. concept where we're going to bring people into the industry to kind of talk about different areas and what it's like. So if you have an interest in film or you want to be a you want to be on the, the, the directing side, if you want to be on the producing side, if you want to be camera or editing, we're going to have people that work in the industry uh, or does, that have that experience come in and talk about it and, and really just drive people uh, and get them engaging. And then we're going to have breakout sessions that you can go and actually um, learn. And then at the end of it, we're going to actually take the whole group and we're going to produce like a short film. So that's, that's one of the huh. things. The next is really more of a film festival um, where we where we want to bring Christian filmmakers together, give them an opportunity to showcase their films because mm -hmm. there's not a lot. I mean, there are big ones, but there's still not a lot to, that are out there for Christians just to get their stuff shown and really network. And that's the main thing is Christian filmmaking, just just get people to network together. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I'm coming up with this thing called the gospel, uh, the gospel film network, where we come together as filmmakers um, that are Christians. And we just want to tell good stories, not, not necessarily cheesy Christian stories, but right. we just want to tell good right. stories that have the message, but not be like, so Christianese. And I don't Actually, mean that in a, be watchable. In a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be watchable. Um, yeah. And, and tell those stories and have the, the story of hope and redemption and forgiveness. And I was talking with this guy yeah. and he's like, we don't have to make it churchy to talk about, Christian principles. Uh, 100%. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. right on board with that. And so I want to get people together that have that same kind of thought. So we're going to come up with the Gospel Film Project, the Gospel Film Network are the two big ones. And then we're going to have this master class that we're brainstorming. We haven't come up with a name with it yet. So I can't, I don't want to talk about what that is, but we're coming up with a master class week long seminar for people that want to go into the film industry. And the, and the cool thing is that we're trying to work on is partnering with NAM and maybe taking one or two people that want to go into the film industry and treat them like missionaries, pay for their, pay for an apartment where they can go to Atlanta or LA and, mm. and go work in the film industry. But their ultimate goal is to be a missionary and just love on people and share Christ um, and, and try to be different about how we do evangelism and mission work. Because there's, if I was talking with my buddy in Atlanta and it, there's just a need for love and, and, yeah and the gospel and that. And so um, those are the kind of things that we're working on and uh, I'm excited about it. So That's probably, cool. probably after the first of the year, we'll have really good details about, um, but be, be on the lookout for the gospel film network. And that's where you're going to be able to find everything. Okay. Gotcha. That's cool. 
Well, hey, uh, for those listening or watching, like, what do you guys think of today's discussion? Uh, did you like this particular interview? Like, you want to see more? Anything that you want to add to something like this? Um, anyone that you want to talk to as well? Bubba, I mean, you were a recommendation from Trip as well. So, like, we we love hearing people that we could potentially talk to. So, yeah. uh, either leave us a comment or a like on YouTube, or you could go to dagumnerds.com and hit our contact button. We'd love hearing from you guys and really can't grow the show without you guys. So let's wrap things up with our closing thoughts. And I don't think we're going to have a pun count. I got one closing thought. I forgot to share this. This is Star Wars and Shakespearean. Oh. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So somebody went through the whole script and, and yes. put it into old English. So let me, let me, uh, let me. Oh, please. It's a period of civil war. The spaceships of the rebels striking swift from base unseen have gained the victory or the cruel galactic empire now drift. Amidst the battle, rebel spies prevailed and stole the plans of the space station vast, whose powerful beams will later be unveiled and crushed a planet. Tis the Death Star blast pursued by agents sinister and cold. Now Princess Leah to her home doth flee, oh delivering plans and a new hope they hold of bringing freedom to the galaxy. In time so long ago begins our play in a star-crossed galaxy far, far away. Oh my goodness. That, oh, that's I, awesome. I didn't even know I so, needed wait, that in my life. Hang on a second. Is that is that all three films or just uh, A New Hope? This is this is just A New Hope. Ah, okay, because I was really going to ask you to to flip to um, the I Am Your Father well, or the... Uh, or. Or I love you and I know. I really wanted to see what that would have sounded like in Shakespearean. That's Dust. awesome. Uh, <laughs> find out if there's another right. one in there. Uh, Baba, thanks so much for being here. Uh, it's been a blast having you. Uh, love your heart for for teaching people um, and, and being a part of this industry. Uh, it was really great having you, man. Yeah, but oh, thank you, man. I loved it, man. I love I love what y'all are doing. I love that you're giving props to dads and nerds, and uh, uh, I'm excited about who else you're going to have on the show. And I'm looking forward to how big this thing gets. Yeah. Well, uh, for you guys, we are, uh, we've got a uh, couple of people lined up for the future that I am really excited to share with you guys. So keep an eye out for that. But Hey, listeners, thank you so much for listening. Uh, trip. You want to help close us out? Yeah. Listen, if you guys have enjoyed this interview or other interviews, you want to hear future interviews and you want to be kept in the loop. Follow or subscribe with us uh, or to us. Follow or subscribe to us. Yeah, <laughs> they, uh, do, just do uh, that. It'll, it's going to allow us to do more things. Um, like and leave us a comment. Follow us on the YouTubes. Like I say every single time, um, it's not you're not just liking something in, a, in an echo chamber. Uh, at this point, as we are trying to grow, every like and every subscribe really does help us defeat that mean old algorithm that's uh that's trying to keep us down man <laughs> and trying to keep all the youtube likes for themselves for the the big channels but we're not going to be we're not going to be defeated no we're that's not. right we're not andrew take it away not not when there's a new hope that's you anyway we also have a bunch for you on dadgumnerds.com uh we have a merch store which I don't think a whole lot of people know about. Merch. So you can get all kinds of cool swag. Uh, the good place to contact us. We've got our Patreon program on there. So if you guys even want to money. be a guest on the show at some point in time, money. Yes. Trip. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. I just like to, <laughs> I just like to throw it out there sometimes to trip you up. No, our Patreon program is awesome for being able to just simply, you get new levels of access to us. Uh, it's a great way to support the show as well. We also have our Discord page where we get to hang out with you guys all throughout the week. And if you crave more Dagum Nerds content, 
you know, not just on when we release the podcast, do it all throughout your week. Uh, Discord is the place for you. The easiest way to get to that is to go to dadgumnerds.com and hit that contact button, excuse me, the Discord button that's on there. Um, and we get to hang out with you guys and we'd love to see more people. It's always and hilarious. It is, yeah. And it is a great way to, it is a great way to influence the podcast because we get direct feedback from you guys. Yep. Love it. Bubba, is there anything that you want to plug? Uh, you know, I know the gospel, the gospel film network is what you're working on. Is there anything else, uh, anything else you want to do? So you, you can go to creativebrewfilms.com. That's my website right now. That's where you can see my work, what I've done. Uh, if you what, if you have questions about the Gospel Film Project, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Um, and I can fill you out information and let you know um, when we get a uh, something up or keep you in the loop of what's going on there. So that's Perfect. the best way to get a hold of me. And, and uh, remember, you, anybody who wants to who who wants to keep up with Bubba's well, who wants to know a little bit more about Bubba's body of work, uh, when you take when you take jobs with the independent film world, you take what will what will pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And so yep. Bubba's got a story he's going to share on the after show, which you again you can get access to as a pa- as a patron. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know a little bit about what he's going to talk about, and it is it is a a, a kind of a, a, a what would I don't want to call it a face palming kind of a thing, but it is like a it it is a it's a great groaner. Like how did we make this? How did this how did this get funded? Uh huh. Yeah. So uh, if my calculations are correct, the puns for this week are, okay, so add the one and divide them. Uh, don't forget I believe the fraction. Uh-huh. I, uh, you know, don't forget the decimal point and uh, plus and minus signs. Uh, the answer is zero <laughs> for this episode. I didn't Suck track it, one Zach. for you guys. That's right. Although we've now doomed ourselves to next time that he's on the podcast. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, hey, that's all we've got for you today. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you later, Dagum nerds. Bye, everybody. Game over.